Jesus is alive. He is alive. For what he did 2,000 years ago on the cross, he was resurrected and he is alive and he lives today. And right now, Lord, I come to you and I ask you and I invite you to come into this meeting today. Come in into this presence of these people. Lord, let them feel your presence. Let them feel the love of Jesus. Let them feel the power of the Holy Spirit. Those that are here, those that are watching on social media, Lord, touch each and every one of them as we move into this resurrection season, as we move into the Passover, as we move into the time of the triumphal reentry, as we move into the crucifixion time. Lord, touch us, touch this ministry, touch all ministries that are preaching and the gospel and the truth about Jesus Christ. Touch all revivals and all awakenings and all conferences going on right now, Lord. Touch all those that are lost and broken. Let them hear the good news of Jesus Christ that they may turn to you. Lord, this is a time of harvest. Yes, spring started yesterday. Things are planted already, and it's time to start harvesting so that we can keep, continue harvesting. Lord, we invite you in. We ask you to come. Two or three are gathered, and you say, there you are in the midst of us. Lord, come into this old vessel. Cleanse me out of anything of mine and fill me with the words that you want me to say that it'll fall onto the ears of those that are listening. Lord, let me be filled with Jesus Christ as I speak this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, to be filled with Jesus, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive, and this is kind of cool because I just want to say this before I get into my announcement. You know, people ask me, you know, how can you forgive this person? How can you love this person? I can't. On my own, I couldn't. But because of Jesus, I can. Because of Jesus forgiving me, I can. Because of Jesus loving me, I can. So see, if Jesus loved me enough to go on a cross and die for me 2,000 years ago, I can return what he did because he lives in me. <clears throat> that being said, I want to I want to get into this word real bad because the Lord gave me this. And this word is a special word between me and God and me and my family. But I do want to just give some quick announcements. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on announcements. Just quickly, every Thursday night at 7 o'clock, TNT, TNT, and we do it live on Facebook and YouTube, Instagram, whatever. And we do that at 7 o'clock every Thursday. We do our Sunday morning message every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Coming up in two weeks, the 1st, the 2nd, the 3rd, and the 4th of um April, we are having our Christmas, our Christmas, my, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're having our Easter Resurrection Awakening Celebration. We're going to be hosting it along with Tiffany Blackwell Ministry. She is going to be the speaker at the V.O. Dobbins Complex in Kingsport, Tennessee on the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. The 4th, we're going to just be doing an online service for Easter Day, and I'll be doing that here at the War Room on um, Easter Sunday. Um, next Sunday, I will be doing the Palm Sunday service here as well, and that's kind of like going to kick it off, but then we're not doing anything until the Thursday when Apostle Tiffany's here. If you need prayer 
any time during this message, just let us know. If you feel like, if you're led to, to making a decision for Christ, let us know any time during the message. You don't have to wait till the end. If you want to get in touch with us, go to Pleasance Valley Ministry on Facebook or PleasanceValleyMinistry.org for any reason. If you want to go there for prayer, if you want to go there to sow into our ministry to help us advance the word of Christ. That being said, I want to get into the message. Today's message is about the confusion that's going on into the world, on in the world today. The confusion that is in the church, the confusion that is in the families, the confusion that is in the governments. You know, this message is very special to me because I, I, the Lord laid this message on me six years ago, almost seven years ago. He laid this message on me, and I've only preached it maybe once or twice, and both times I've preached it different because through that time period, we have grown as a ministry. We have grown as a family. We have grown spiritually. We have grown in so many ways. You know, you, you know I think back seven years ago, um, my oldest was just a teenager. He was like 18 years old. My daughter was younger than my youngest son. She was 12 years old. My youngest son was just six years old. And even then, we were trying to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. We were preaching and carrying the word to the people that we were called to do to evangelize to people, to go tell them what was going on. But sometimes, you know, we get ahead of God's plan, and that's what we did. But today, I'm here to tell you, the enemy will cause confusion even when you're called by Jesus Christ to go and spread the good news. The enemy tries to confuse you. And if you don't believe me, let's think about the story of Judas. Anyhow, that being said, you know, today's world is in such a state of confusion. You know, but confusion doesn't come from God. The confusion comes from the enemy. Satan is the author of confusion. Ephesians 6.12 tells us, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is so much confusion today. There is so much confusion today in the home, in the schools, in the workplaces, in the government, and in the churches. Yes, in the churches. You know, this spiritual darkness, it, it surrounds us. It's out there. And we need to stand up together as a church and pray against it. We need to stand up together and unite as, you know, not worry about who's doing what or how they're doing it. As long as they're preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ, we've got to break the confusion and the discord that the enemy is throwing and stand up Come together, unite as one, as the bride of Christ, cleansed of blot, split blemish and spot, and stand there and fight the enemy. Because we can only fight a spiritual battle in the spirit. Amen. Our flesh cannot do it. You know, things that used to be right, we consider wrong. Things we used to say is wrong, is now right. You know, no prayer in school. It's just accepted. Now they take the Bibles out of school. They've taken the word. They've taken the name of Jesus out of school. You can't say it. You can't pray. You can't do this. Homosexuality, pornography. 
Things like this are running rampant. People telling people it's okay for four or five years old to decide whether they want to be a boy or a girl. It's not normal. The Bible tells us these things are not normal. The Bible preaches it, not just Rusty Pleasants. The Bible says these things. If people would get back into the Word of God, they would understand this. Things that Hollywood puts out that we say is a good movie or a good show, and it is it is advancing, you know, all the things that the Lord in the Bible is against. It pushes it, and we and people watch it, and people look at it, and they say, well, this is okay because it's on TV. The stuff that the media spews out there about this person or that person, and I'm not speaking about each or any Democratic or Republican person. I'm talking about anything they want. They set it up on a pedestal, and people just flock to it. You know, video games the children play. You have to be careful when a kid has a game. Now I know, well, look, when you were young, you played with... Yes, I did, but let me tell you something. I was also being taught at home who I was. Well, you know, not being left alone to discover myself at four or five years old. I made mistakes. I did things. I got in trouble. My parents corrected me. But we're supposed to let the world just, we're supposed to let the world tell us how to be. And the church is remaining silent. And that's because they're being confused. They don't want to upset one another. I could keep on going. We're supposed to say it's okay, but it's not okay. People say the Bible's changed. This may be true. God hasn't changed. And the Bible has not changed. The way to salvation has not changed. There's only one way to everlasting life, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. He hasn't changed. John 1, 1 says, states that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Come on, y'all got to hear this. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. We got to remember that and follow the Word of God. Not the word of what somebody tells you or some book tells you that has nothing to do with the word of God. So you see, the, God, the Bible's the same. The word of God is the same. They didn't go out and print new Bibles for the 21st century. They didn't go out and print new Bibles because of COVID. They didn't go out and print new Bibles because the government passed the law. Bible is the Bible, and it is the true living word, a breathed word of God. Many in churches today don't even use the Bible. Listen, it's okay. There's so many Bibles out there in the King James Version, the New King James Version, the TPT, the uh, NLT, the Message. Listen, I read all of them. But I go to my basis as the King James Bible, and then I read the others as well. But some churches don't even use the Bible. They don't use any form of the Bible. They get a Bible, for, or they get a book from the best, the motivational speaker of the time, and we're going to read on this. We're going to read on how to do this. We're going to read a motivational book on how to get along with your friends, how to get along with your co-workers. Listen, the Bible's got all that in there. It says, love your enemy, love your neighbor, love one another. 
That takes care of how you get along with them. If you love them, you'll get along with them. Now, I love my children and my wife, and sometimes we might have to go a little bit of, you know, sit down and say, hey, look, this is the way it needs to be or whatever, but I still love them, and we get along. We don't have an argument, a fight, and then my children move out or my wife leave. No, we have a disagreement, and then we don't let our anger turn to wrath. We have a disagreement. We never go to sleep on our anger, and we talk it out, and we get it out, and before it's over, we're usually laughing. And then the family's admitting that I'm always right. But we all have to look at it like this. We have to love one another. Many people today don't have time to read the Bible. Many people today, a religious spirit gets in them. People will pull out a phone to pull up their Bible. Listen, I don't care how you're getting your Bible. If you have to have a phone app that says King James and all the different Bibles, hey, whatever's getting you to read the Word. The only thing is, don't let that phone deter you. In other words, when you're ending on your Bible, stay in your Bible. Don't flip over and scroll over to see what your friends are saying on Facebook. Stay in your Bible. If you're at home and you have time, get in the real Bible. Get in the book. Most people are trying to twist the Bible today. They want to twist the Bible into some man-made doctrine that they can alter what the Bible says. There are some groups and even churches that are taking certain parts out of the Bible because it offends them. The Bible is meant to tell you what to do. When you are being offended, it's because you're not doing something. Listen, the Bible has convicted me over and over and over the years and still does. Whenever I do something I know that God would not like me to do, I go right to the Bible and think, oh, wait a minute, the Word says I shouldn't do this. If I get angry and I want to just go off and maybe say some bad words, the minute it starts to come, I know the Bible says don't do that because then I'm playing right into the hands of the enemy. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Lean to the understanding of the Word. If you don't understand it, get into a study Bible. If you don't understand that, get into a Bible study group. Most churches have Bible studies. We have Bible study with our family. We sit up in the morning sometimes and just sit around and discuss the Bible. Put the, the Lord's word and trust in that. Proverbs 21, 16 says, The man that wanders away from the understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. With the religious spirits. A dead congregation. Why? Because they wandered away from the true word of God. And then they replaced it with religious spirits. They're more worried about how somebody dresses or the music they listen to than how they're doing in their life. They're more worried about are they, are they, see, it used to be the, the people that were in church tried to stay out of the way. Listen, we don't need to live up to society. Because society is never going to accept you if you're a Christian. Society is always going to look down on you and make fun of you and talk about you and persecute you, and it's in the Word. So don't try to switch your Bible around to make the people in society accept you. 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was not accepted. Why should you and you and you and you and anyone here and anyone watching, why should any of you feel that you are just going to be accepted by everybody? Listen, each and every individual has a personal relationship with Jesus. Mine is different than hers. Hers is different than his. His is different than someone outside. Hers is different. We're all different. But as long as we're staying on course and worshiping the one true living God, preaching the one good news of Jesus Christ, and preaching the gospel, and explaining that the only way to heaven is by following what Jesus taught, because Jesus says, if you love me, you'll do my commandments. Following what Jesus taught and believing in Jesus and accepting Him as your Lord and Savior truly. Because if you truly accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you wouldn't want to be doing all the things that the world tells you to do. But the, the religious people, they set their own doctrines. And anyone that is different, they persecute or they talk about. Oh, them people over there, they, oh, they talk in tongues. Oh, they, they, they have to wear skirts. Oh, they have. Listen, we all have our own thing, but the main thing is keep that salvation is only through Jesus Christ. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. And the whole gospel is this. Jesus was born of a virgin. That's gospel fact. He performed miracles, signs, wonders. He read the, raised the dead. Signs, wonders, and miracles are part of the gospel. He was prophesied about and he prophesied. Prophecy is part of the gospel. It's all part of the gospel. But be careful and always test the spirits. That's part of the gospel. Preach the truth, preachers. When you stand up in your pulpit, don't worry about losing some tithes or losing a few people. Preach the truth. Because the truth is bigger than your congregation or your amounts of money that you make. The truth of God must go on. It's not about your bank account. It's not about filling a parking lot. It's not about filling a room. It's not about filling a conference. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Work for Jesus. Work till Jesus comes. Preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Read the red letters. Read Genesis all the way through to Revelation and preach what the Word says. Preach the truth. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Preach the truth. Go and tell. Come in here and go and tell. We aren't supposed to be Christians. We're all supposed to be Christians. We aren't, we aren't supposed to be some kind of uh, people that just hang out together in a room to feel good about one another. We're supposed to be Christians. We're supposed to love everyone. We're supposed to love you whether you're Baptist, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Methodist. We're supposed to love you even if you're not a Christian. We're supposed to love you and show the love of Jesus Christ. And hopefully we can get you to come over and 
understand the true living God and who Jesus is. See, other gods have ears, but they can't hear. I heard that song. Other gods have eyes, but they can't see. But our God can. Because our God is a living God. Our God is not in his tomb anymore. Because 2,000 years ago, he rose from the victor from a dark domain. And he lives forever. Come on. Just children's songs. And it's the truth. Jesus tells everybody in the gospel to love even your enemies. If we love those that just love us, we have nothing to gain. We have churches out here questioning each other. They're confused. They want to know what the other churches are doing. They want to know what the other churches are saying. They want to know what the other churches are wearing. Sometimes they want to know because they want to get an excuse. Hey, that guy's wearing jeans as he preaches. Maybe I can do that. Listen, preach the word and be happy to preach the word. I preached the word when I first started. The first time I ever preached the part of this message, I was wearing a three-piece suit and thought that's how I had to preach it. My wife and my daughter were in skirts and I thought that's how they had to dress. At the time, I thought... A lot of things because I was still a babe sucking on the milk. But as I got into the meat, guess what? I took off the suit. Now that doesn't mean there's anything with preaching in a suit. That doesn't mean there's anything with women wearing pants. That means or wearing a skirt. It means it's all about Jesus. And I don't think Jesus is going to judge us at the, you know, when we stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ and says, well, wait a minute, you wore pants one day, Carla. You actually preached in pants last week, Carla. Rusty, you threw away your shirt and got rid of most of your neckties. He's not going to say that. He's either going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, and he's going to give me my crowns that I can cast at his feet, or he's going to say, I know you not. There's going to be lots of preachers, lots of preachers, preachers, whether they be men and women. There's going to be lots of churchgoers that's going to hear that latter part. And that's what I preach is the gospel. That's why I preach salvation. Because if you're not saved, that's the most important thing is to get you saved. When the disciples went out, and they laid hands and they did this, that, and the other. And they came back and they were talking about all their exploits and all the things they did. And Jesus said, first of all, be happy that your name is written in the book of life. Listen, if you, if you, if you feel you were called to be an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a preacher, a teacher, that's all good. And you need to get in that Bible. You need to get in and study. You need to study and you need to see what you need to do to, to, to get better at what God called you at. You need to be in prayer. You need to be in session with God in religion. Listen, there's plenty of schools out here teaching on how to advance your mind in prophecy and stuff like that. But they can't teach you how to be a prophet. They can just teach you how to strengthen it. Listen, there's seven, I've got 17 steps on, for, on cultivating your spirit. Listen, there's ways to do this, but it all takes work. It all takes time. It all takes prayer. 
You can't buy prophecy. You can't buy apostleship. You can't buy money. Money cannot make you an evangelist. Money cannot make you a preacher or a teacher. Only the God in heaven can do that. He gives you that gift. He gives you that gift. Acts 11.15, Peter was speaking. He said, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as it did on the beginning. What he was speaking of was when he says the beginning day of Pentecost. Now, why did I bring this up? Because Peter was speaking to people of all different types of people, Jews, Gentiles, whatever. And that's what he was talking about that day. And he was saying that the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles as it did on the Jews. And he was talking about in Acts 2, 4, where it says, There appeared to them cloven tongues divided, and fire and set upon them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, and began speaking in tongues. He was saying that same Holy Ghost that fell on the disciples fell on the Gentiles. So that eliminates something. It was not just for that day. It was not just for the disciples, because Peter says in Acts um, 2.38, he says, listen, receive. He said, repent of your sins and receive the, the gift of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's paraphrase, but that's basically what he said. Amen. We can't judge people because they're different. We have to explain how to follow God's laws. We have to teach them in love. We have to reach out in love and say, listen, you know, the Bible says this. I love you. I love you. But I'm going to tell you, there's some of the things you're doing that, that go against what I believe. And, and I'm going to let you know that this is, this is how I feel. So, you know, this is what my Bible tells me, and this is what the Word of God says, and I can't preach differently just to make you happy. I can't change the Word of God just to keep you all sitting here. All I can do is stand here, or, or watching, all I can do is stand here behind this pulpit and preach the Word of God, and hope that it reaches some people, and let them know that Jesus loves them. And if they're living in sin, if they're living in darkness, if they're living, you know, surrounded by darkness or witchcraft or anything like that, that there is a way out and his name is Jesus Christ. You can go on Facebook, on the internet, anywhere, and you can read testimonies of people that were down and out, that people had counted out. I'm one. And Jesus reached out and touched us and changed us. And let us give us the choice to repent or not. Had I not repented, I know where I would be heading. You don't judge people because they're different. Galatians 2.16 says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law, no flesh be justified. Listen, we're not going to be justified by what we do. But works without faith is dead. Faith without works is dead, all that. But my point is this. 
You can go to church every Sunday. You can give your tithes. You can do this. You can do that. But if your heart's not following Jesus, if you're not giving it all to Jesus, if you're not giving your heart to Jesus, if you're just doing it for a show that your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife or your neighbors, if you just, you know, look, if you go out of your house on Sunday morning all dressed up to go to church and everybody says, oh, look at them, they're going to church. And then Friday night you sneak out the back door, jump the fence and go to the local bar so people don't see you. You're not saved you're not truly saved you're just living a lie you're living a lie Jesus knows what you're doing when the neighbors ain't looking he knows what you're doing when you're alone you can't hide from God's eyes they roam constantly seeking good and evil he knows what you're doing he knows your secret sins he knows those sins you think nobody knows about it's time to confess them to him it's time to tell him, Lord, help me with this sin. If you want to tell it to your preacher, tell it to your preacher. If you don't go to your preacher, just tell him, I've got this thing I can't shake. Could you pray with me? Pray for me. Pray it off of me. Lord, help me get over this. I want to get closer to you. And as long as you have sin, sin is separation from God. Get rid of the sin and get closer to God. Step out of the world and get closer to God. Come out of the flesh and get closer to the Spirit. If you want to follow man, that's up to you. You can follow the man-made Bibles, the new Bibles. You can do this. There are some churches that are saying, oh, listen, you can come, but listen, bring a beer. We're going to have booze and Bible on Friday night. Look, that don't work. You can't be drunk and read the Bible. I don't care what anybody says. I don't believe that. I believe, listen, I won't get into the drinking part. That's a different discussion, a different, I did my share of drinking. All I'm saying is this. You, you know, you can go into a bar and preach the gospel and tell somebody to come out of it or go into a bar and preach the gospel and talk to sinners. You can do that. But don't go into the bar and belly up to it and get a beer and then try to talk to it because they think it's okay to live the life they're living. You don't go into the to, to the crack house and start doing crack while you're preaching the gospel. Well, some do. But listen, it's not, we got to help these people. We got to preach the truth in love. We got to get them off the crack so they can go back and get, them, get others off the crack. We got to preach the truth. What's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. Quit letting the devil confuse us people. Quit saying, oh, well, that's a religious spirit you got there, Rusty. You don't want to help the people in the street. I want to love the people in the street. I was one of the people in the street. But nobody told me just keep doing it and keep doing your drugs till you work it out with God. No, they said, you got to stop. You got to stop drinking. You got to stop all this stuff. And it took me years to figure it out. I stopped part of it and keep doing the other part. And I thought it was okay because I went from being a, a, a drunkard in the alley to being a social drinker. Still hidden to hell. And not knowing it because one time in my life as a young man, I walked up to an altar and said, forgive me, Lord. And then I went right back into the devil's world. And lived in the devil's world. And never give Jesus a time of day. You can't serve two masters. If you follow man, and you follow just doing what you think that you, you know, being a good person, 
The Bible says because the scripture tells us your good deeds won't get you to heaven and you can't serve man and mammon. And Jesus is going to tell you in Matthew 7, 22, he says, I never knew you. Galatians 2, 21 tells us if all works could get us to heaven, then Jesus died in vain. See, in the Old Testament, that's the only thing they had was the works. The, you know, the lamb's blood was not good enough. A lamb's blood was not good enough to cleanse up of our sins. Only the blood of the Son of God. Only his blood could cleanse us of our sins. And once that blood was shed, there was no other blood needed. But if you truly know this and you truly accept him as your Lord and Savior, there should be no going back to that other world. Truly is the word. Do you truly believe? Are you truly saved? Are you truly following Jesus Christ? Do you truly love your neighbor? Are you truly giving up sin? Have you truly, if you did all that, then you're truly saved. But if you went to the altar and told Jesus you loved him and went back to the bar or went back into the world, into adultery, into pornography, into, into sex trafficking, into anything you do that you know is not of God and you did it willingly, the Bible tells us that if you go back into that after you know the truth, there remains no more sacrifice. So don't think you can walk to the altar and go back to sin. Jesus died on that cross to make us free from sin, not give us a pass and make us free to sin. And there's people out here preaching and confusing their congregations, saying, walk up here to the altar and you're going to live forever because the Bible says so. Because you say you believe in Jesus. Listen, the devil believes in Jesus and he's not going to be sharing a spot with me in heaven. Even Judas had enough sense, little too late, but after he had betrayed Jesus and realized what he'd done, in Matthew 27, 4, he says, I have sinned in that I have betrayed innocent blood. How many Christians today, right now, at 11.35 or Eastern time, are sitting in a church somewhere betraying innocent blood. Some man is sitting in a church right now looking at his neighbor's wife. Some woman is sitting in a church right now looking at a married man. Some preacher is up behind a pulpit just eyeballing the women. Some of them is up there just trying to look good so that they can bring in more, more, more. Listen, it ain't about bringing in more, more, more money. It's about bringing in people to fill them and send them back out. The church is not supposed to be a social club where we all just gather. It's supposed to be a place where we go and get lifted up. The preacher, the apostle, the prophet, the preacher, the teacher, the evangelist. We're supposed to lift you up and send you out. You're supposed to be lifted up. We're not to be Lord, and Lord over you. We're supposed to lift you up. We're equal with you. We're to be there to give you instructions, to give you teaching, to hold you, to hug you, to preach to you, to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Come on, people. we got to get back to the first century where the church, where, where prophecy, where, where raising the dead was just a normal day. 
Oh, that don't happen no more. No, it don't because the fire has run out. The devil has confused us so much. We don't want to talk about that because it scares us. How many churches? How many people in the churches? We are the church. Are betraying that innocent blood. Don't think you're alone. When Peter denied Jesus, he betrayed innocent blood. Paul persecuted Christians. He was betraying innocent blood. But they repented. They repented. We preachers, every time we leave something out of the gospel, every time we water down the gospel, we're just setting people on red left on on a laughing boat down a lazy river to hell. Preach the truth, we will be held accountable. Woe beyond you the pastors that scatter my sheep. Preach the truth. Preach the gospel. Preach the whole gospel. Preachers are afraid to preach the gospel because they're afraid they might offend someone in their congregation. I might offend people. I'll get little things written to me. People will cut off this camera and won't watch it. But see, I've got to answer to one person, and that's God. So if what I'm saying offends you, if your name ain't Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep preaching it. I'm going to preach the truth. I'm not apologizing. I liked what a preacher that I, I think a lot of him, he said one time, he said, I don't want to step on your toes. I want to pull on your heart. I don't want to step on your toes. I want to tug on your heart. What I preach don't come from some thoughts in my head that I just think, oh, this would sound cool to preach. It comes out of love, and that love is sent to me through the voice of God. And God lays a message on my heart. He laid this message on my heart, and I never could do it right because I tried to preach it with my heart. I tried to preach it without offending somebody. I tried to preach it so it would be cool. I tried to but you know what? Today I'm preaching it the way God tells me to preach it. And I've never preached it like this before. And I'm not holding back. But I tell you what, you can't hold Jesus back. You can't hold the Holy Spirit back when he flows through you. You know, this morning, an hour or so before we even started worship, I was down here in my in the war room here, and we were I was worshiping by myself, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fell in this place, and I started talking in you know my prayer language and speaking in tongues, and just you know just going. I mean, it was just a powerful presence, and I didn't realize it. And sometimes in the middle of this, I woke up, I woke up, I woke up, I woke up. I mean, I was walking around, praying on my knees, and I, and I just looked around, and my whole family was in here with me. It was dark, little fireplace going candles, and my whole family was laid out on the floor or sitting in chairs or doing whatever, walking across, I guess you call it dancing, but he was doing something. You know, they were doing something. They were, they were in the spirit. They were feeling the presence of God. 
And I knew, and I knew the Lord was here. See, they say, oh, well, don't invite, you don't have to invite the Lord in. No, I don't have to, but I love to. I want him to know he's welcome in my house. Come on in, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. All the time, every day, any day. What I preach comes from the Holy Spirit. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. None of us are perfect. Not your pastor's perfect. Only Jesus Christ is perfect. Only Jesus Christ is perfect. He is the only way. Read your Bible. I'm going to keep going back to that. It ain't outdated. It's for today. Everything in it's for today. Salvation is for today if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Signs, wonders, miracles, gifts of the Spirit, they're for today. Be filled. Paul said, have you, believed, have you received since you believed? How many of you all believe and you haven't received because you don't truly believe? You don't think it can happen. Well, I'm going to tell you, when you lay hands on people and the Holy Spirit comes to you and you see things happen, you'll believe. You can sit in a church where they don't believe and make fun of it. That's between you and Jesus. I won't get into that. You can sit in a church and make fun of people that speak in tongues. That's between you and Jesus. I believe all that. I believe it because I've seen it. I believe it because I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I feel sorry for you all that don't, that haven't. Receive it and believe it. Believe it and receive it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. See, because everybody's trying to think in the physical realm. Everybody's trying to think in the worldly realm. They're trying to think with their flesh. Come out of your flesh. Float out of your flesh into your spirit and watch what can happen. We serve a supernatural God. Anything can be done through God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. All things are possible through him. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I can go on and on. I can quote Bible. I can quote Psalms. I can just quote and quote and quote. Listen, it's true. It's real. It's for today. Our Bible is just a perfect book of instructions breathed into the authors by the breath of God. He told them what to write. He told them what to say. He told them what it was about. And people say, oh, well, that was for that time. Listen, the people, I wonder if the people of Noah's time thought, well, the scriptures or whatever was written is for that time. I wonder if they thought, oh, it's okay to do what we're doing. Until it started raining, they was 100% right. Think about that. When you think that Jesus ain't coming back soon, you're 100% right until he shows up. Listen, he's coming. He's coming soon. It ain't a movie in Hollywood. It's the truth. One day, people's going to be looking around and all those crazy Christians that they made fun of ain't going to be around. 
and the media will spin it like some spaceship or some kind of virus came and took them or just the new virus it just makes people disappear but look be careful what you watch what you listen to listen with your spiritual ear listen with your spiritual ear the Bible makes some people uncomfortable people say oh I, you know what I, I go to church but I I'm not going to work and talk about Jesus. People make fun of me. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5.11, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. People speak against any Christian, any preacher. Listen, I've had preachers speak against preachers. I've had preachers speak against me. I don't care. I'm preaching what God tells me. Peer pressures will hold you back. The devil will confuse you. Oh, don't tell your friends about Jesus. They think he's weird. They think you're weird. And you know, that's all it takes is for that lying devil to tell us that and we just shut up about it. People try to win friends by fitting in and doing things they know isn't right. We will do things of sin. Human beings, the flesh will lead you into sin just so you can fit in. You might not drink. You might go to church. You might not do something. You might not do drugs. You might not watch porn, but you get around a bunch of people at work to do. And sometimes you'll say, well, I'll take one. Listen, anything you do that loosens that, that armor of God is at least leaving a crack, and that enemy is looking for any crack he can get, any excuse he can get, because he's hiding out in the darkness. Well, where's the darkness? I'll stay in a room with all the lights on, but we have darkness in our own minds. Dark crevices, places of memories, places of past sins, places that the flesh has never been completely cleansed. And you have the Holy Ghost living in you and he's cleansing it. He's working on it. He's convicting it. He's evicting it. But you want to let it back in. You can't serve two masters. Amen. You better remember this. You can hang out with your friends and you can try to be like your friends and you can try to fit in with them. And remember something. Fitting in with them might lead you to a hot end. Not all of your friends are going to heaven. Not all of your family members are going to heaven. Not all my friends and family members are going to heaven. The sad part is a lot of them don't know it. The sad part is that there's a lot of people in churches that don't know it. There's a lot of people in prison that's got a better chance of getting to heaven than people sitting at home praying. There's a lot of people in jails all over this world that's got a better chance of getting to heaven than the people sitting in churches talking about them. Eternal life with Jesus, that's something to get excited about. Not who's going to win the Super Bowl or the World Series or the NBA tournament. I'm spending my eternal life with Jesus. But the church today is being put to sleep with religious spirits 
throwing watered down sermons on Holy Ghost fire. All that water in those gospel, those watered down sermons will not extinguish one flame in hell. But the Bible tells us, don't quench the spirit. How many of y'all today is, is, is quenching the spirit? How many today is, is betraying that innocent blood by throwing water on the spirit? I've been to churches where if they shout amen, everybody in that church will turn around and look at you. I've been to churches that can't find a reason to say amen unless they say you're dismissed. I've been to churches and taken part in worship services where we sing praises to the Lord, we dance, we shout, we scream. People say, Rusty, you all make too much noise. I've been to churches that's made so much noise that people driving by or walking by stop and listen. And I've heard preachers say, oh, they make too much noise. They yell, they shout, they sing. It's all about the music with them. Listen, I've seen people be led to Christ in worship services without the preacher saying a word. Now, does it make a difference how they get to heaven as long as they get there? As long as they get to that altar and accept Jesus Christ truly, word again, truly, T-R-U-L-E-Y, or L-Y, excuse me. I truly can't spell. But as long as they follow Jesus truly, Preachers say, oh, no, they, they, they bang on them guitars. They bang on them drums. They make too much. They got dark lights in that room. Listen, read Psalms 150. Psalms 150, 13 times in six verse, voices. Verses say, praise the Lord. God loves noise. He loves praise and worship. You know, they were worshiping and the, the, the glory cloud came down and it filled the room so much that the ministers, preachers, priests couldn't even minister. Amen. Amen. Joshua was told to have his people shout and blow the ram's horn. And Jericho fell. Tell a story. We were praying for the last, how many days did we do it? It ain't important. We did a thing that the Lord led my wife to, and we prayed. And my wife walked a certain area every day. She walked around the circumference of an area. Walked around the circumference, praying and speaking in tongues for protection of this area. We drove around an area, bigger area that we, she couldn't have walked. One time a day. She was led by the Holy Spirit to do this. On the seventh day, by herself, she had to walk around a smaller area by herself alone seven times. And I was standing near there, and I told my son and my daughter, and I just looked at him. I said, I wonder if the Lord told her to blow the ram's horn or to shout. And about that time, she completed her seventh lap, and she screamed. And I just felt glory fall. I said, glory to God. Because there was no, no shame. She was doing it because Holy Spirit. She was being obedient to what the Holy Spirit said. Being obedient. That's what it's about.
being obedient. Joshua was told to shout and to blow the ram's horn. And Jericho fell because of the noise God, thought, God called for. From the cross, Jesus Christ didn't whimper. He cried out, it is finished. Paid in full. Not his dead hours. He's coming back. And I'm going to tell you something. He's not going to be up there on some cloud. He's coming back with a ship and a truck. So if you people don't want noise, woo! I'm going to tell you, hell then is going to be noisier than hell. And hell's going to be noisy with the crying and the screaming and the gnashing of teeth. But heaven is going to be making a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Come before the Lord with singing. Not, when you go to approach the Lord, don't go for that other talk to you. Go for singing. Praise Him, praise Him. Be happy to praise Him. Be happy to, to come in His presence. Come on, people. This is something to get happy about. Break that confusion spirit of the devil right now. I call against it. It's gone. If you're watching this, learn to shout. Learn to praise. Learn to glorify God. Learn to tell the devil to get behind you. Praise ye the Lord. Praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him in his firmament of his power. Praise him in his mighty acts. Praise him on the count according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with psaltery in the harp. Praise him with the tremble and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. And everything have a breath. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Even if you're an old man and ain't got much breath, you can find enough to shout out that verse and praise ye the Lord. Come on. After that one, I might need a drink of water, but I still got plenty of breath to praise the Lord. For some reason, today's churches, not all, notice the word I use there, some, S-O-M-E, some churches are afraid to catch fire. They're afraid to be associated with one that catches fire. Some churches are afraid to be associated with things just because they don't understand it. I had a friend that used to listen to a spirit-filled preacher with me. He listened to it, and I asked him one time, can we go and listen together? He said, oh, I can't, because I'm of a different uh, denomination, and people might talk. Talk about you going and worshiping God. Come on, people. Let's have fire. When I was a young man, I was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost fire fell that night. And I backslid. But you know what? Jesus left the 99 and come and got me before I got too far slid. He dusted me off and set my feet on a narrow path. John the Baptist says in Matthew 3.11, 
I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. Ain't nothing like that Holy Ghost fire. Ain't nothing like it that makes you just, you know, people say, oh, well, that people, no, they're not crazy. They're being baptized by the Holy Ghost and fire. They're feeling the power of God go through them. People, the power of God is awesome. The power of God is, oh, man, it will knock you out and it will make you think and take you to places you've never been and never want to come back. I have been drunk on alcohol. I've been high on anything you can imagine. I've done LSD. I've done marijuana. I've done cocaine. I've done crank. I've done it all. Heroin, quaaludes. Sometimes doubling them up. Lucky to be alive. But I've never felt the feeling I felt this morning alone, sitting in my desk before I ended up on the floor on my knees, just praising and worshiping and speaking to the Lord. People are afraid to speak to the Lord because they're afraid he won't answer. You won't know it until you get into the spirit because he won't, you will hear him through your spiritual ear. Jesus says when he's addressing the church in Revelations 2 and 3, let he that have ear, hear. Jesus says in Mark 3, 29, but he that blasphemes against the Holy Ghost has neither for, never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. The Holy Ghost is real. He's not the ghost of Jesus. He's not a boogeyman. He's the third part of the Godhead. Why are preachers trying to spread the fire of the Holy Ghost? Probably doesn't fit there. That's I did, a, I did a, a, a message one time, the Holy Ghost and the Hellfire. And it's important that we remember that. We need not to condemn people to hell. We don't need to judge people to hell. We don't need to yell and smack people and tell them they're going to hell. We need to love people and let them know that there's something better than hell. It's a lot better than hell. Revelations 2, 4, Jesus says they've left their first love. The passion is gone. That's why there's no fire. There's no passion. There's no passion. There's no excitement. There's Listen, I used to tell people when we had our church, you should get out of your car in the parking lot, do backflips, cartwheels, and, and, and run to get to the altar. And we actually had one lady that almost did that leave out the backflips, but she would just run to the altar. She would come in that door and we would open up at six o'clock to have an hour of prayer before we even started praise and worship. And she was always there on her knees and others would come and be on her knees before we even started church. But people would make fun of some of us. Oh, they're not going to do that. That's a little church. That's an old church. They don't. We didn't even have a bathroom. We had to walk outside and get to the school next door. But you know what? We kept coming. We kept going. We kept doing it every Tuesday night, Tuesday night takeoff, every every Sunday morning, 
and sometimes Sunday evening. And every year we'd have a revival of guest speakers, and we'd have people come, and people would come, and they'd come forward, and they'd have their hand, we'd have lay hands on people, and people would be healed, and people would receive the power, the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we saw it in that little two hundred year, hundred and some year old church without without a bathroom. Holy Ghost was welcome there. Come on, it was exciting times. It was exciting times. There's some preachers, they preach the same dead message every week. The same people. My message is basically the same, but I preach it with fire. I'm preaching it with fire because I'm going to tell you, I don't want y'all to catch on fire. I want y'all to be lit on fire by Holy Spirit. I don't want y'all to burn forever. I want to tell you I love you and I'm going to preach this message in different ways. I'm going to preach about salvation. I'm going to preach the good news of Jesus Christ because by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm a Bible-preaching preacher and I'm going to continue to do that. Some people sit in churches with over 2,000 members and make fun of them little old small churches or the house churches where there's four or five people and they make fun of them, talk about them, tell this, tell them that. And I tell you what, there's some fire going on in some of them little meetings just like in here, just like in that 200-year-old church up in Virginia. Just like I'm going to tell you what, we're having our revival the first, second, and third of next month. Miss Tiffany's going to be there and I'm going to tell you, there's going to be fire in that place. There's going to be excitement because I've already been told by Holy Ghost, just go. Don't worry about who's coming because I'm going to be there. Come on. He's going to be there. And that's what's important. Holy Spirit is going to be there. He even told me he's going to be there. He said, go and tell people I'm going to be there. So if you want to come, come. You know, we're going to be there. But he's going to be there. And that's what's important. It ain't about who's speaking that's important. It's not about how many big names is coming. It's about Holy Ghost is coming. He's going to be there. Come and see. Come and hear. Go and tell. There are people making fun of them little churches. But I'm going to tell you what. We're going to keep singing. We're going to keep praising. We're going to keep making a joyful noise. We're going to be witnesses. We're going to go and tell the world. Me and my family go out now every day to different grocery stores all around Greensville, all around Elizabethton, all around the Tri-City area, all around anywhere we go. We go out in little groups, group of two, group of three, and we go and we do things and we go and meet people and we tell. We use it as an opportunity to tell people Jesus loves them to tell people about Jesus, to ask people if we can pray for them, pray with them, pray over them, lay hands on them, whatever they need. You know, just yesterday I was sitting there and I was reading my Bible in the parking lot. My daughter was there. We were sitting in the parking lot just waiting, you know, for some things to happen. And we're sitting there and I wasn't paying a lot of attention. I was reading my Bible and I was actually reading John 3.16. And a gentleman comes up and knocks on my window. And I wound my window down and he goes, oh, I see you read your Bible. You probably don't need this. And I took it. It was a track. And when I laid it on my paper, he walked away. And I laid it in my Bible and I looked down and I looked at my daughter. I said, look at this. His track was John 3.16. I was reading John 3.16. 
I just said, wow, God's good. He just gave me confirmation on something I was just asking him about. God is good. He will talk to you in so many ways. He will show you so many things. Mm. Just keep making a noise. Be a witness. Spread the word of God. Go and tell. I keep telling you people, go and tell. Go out there and bring in witnesses. And go out there and witness to people and bring them in. And, you know, send them, Tell them about a church. If you know of a church or a praise and worship center, call it whatever you want. You know, Call it a celebration center, praise and worship center, whatever it is. It's church. It's part of the body of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. Tell them about a place they can go. Even if it's a home church, big church, a little church, a mega church, whatever kind of church. As long as it's structured, as long as it's true to the word of God. I've seen churches, I've watched churches go from an apartment to a little building to a big building. Listen, they got to grow. They got to start somewhere. And like it says in Hebrews 6, Get off of the milk and get into the, get in and start to grow. Listen, the first part of that verse message is talking about the Old Testament changing over into the New Testament and then growing, growing on what you've learned in Christ. Jesus tells us if we're ashamed to acknowledge him before man, he will not adjust before the Father. We all need to pull together. We all need to pull together and start acknowledging Jesus. We can start right now tonight. We can start right now by acknowledging Jesus. If Jesus came right now and asked if you were going with him, if you had to think for a minute, what would you say? I think so, I hope so, I might, don't know. If you can't look at Jesus and say, I don't know. If you can't look at Jesus and say, I know right now, or no, I don't know. No, I don't know. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is 12, 20, John 12, 26, where Jesus says, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, shall my servant be. If any man serves me, him or my father. Why do we deserve to be honored by God? He says he honors us if we follow Jesus. Not just give him lip service. Jesus says, they honor me with their lip mouth, but their heart is far from me. You know, as we're coming up on this crucifixion weekend in a couple of weeks, There's going to be a lot of people talking about Jesus, of course, that's lying to you. There's going to be a lot of people talking about the crucifixion, about what the people did to Jesus, and how, why Jesus was crucified for you and me. But a lot of them kind of don't want to take ownership. But today I'm going to tell you something. You can blame me. When I think of myself and my life and how I lived it up until Jesus called, I'm the reason he was crucified. How many of you is willing to say that tonight, this morning? I'm the reason that my Lord and Savior was crucified. 
See, I betrayed Jesus because I went forward and I thought I loved him, but I didn't want to follow his commandments. I didn't want to do what he said. I wanted to live what was called a Christian life. If I'd have been arrested for being a Christian, they wouldn't have had enough evidence to convict me, as Billy Graham used to say. I denied him. I denied him when I did not want to look like a Jesus freak or I did not want to look like a churchgoer. I wanted to look cool to my fellow workers and my people I run around with. I denied him by not speak. When we don't speak the word of God, when we don't witness, when we don't use his story, our story for his glory, when we don't lift him up, those little things like that, we're denying him. When the preacher says, does anybody have a testimony and nobody stands up, they're all denying Jesus because he did something for them. But they're ashamed. And Jesus says, those who will serve me and follow me, him that will follow me, my father will honor. I'll mock Jesus. I'll mock Jesus. How? By not taking him seriously. I also spit on him because he was standing on my door knocking. I was one of the ones that pulled his beard out because that happened because of me. I laughed and I mocked. I beat him with the whip. It was because of me that he had the meat drug off of his back with the cat of nine tails with the pieces of glass and shard in the end of it. And when it would hit his back, it would just drag the meat out of it. His back probably looked worse than a hamburger with the bone exposed. People want to see Hollywood shows these pretty little pictures of Jesus on the cross with a little trickle of blood. His face was probably unrecognized where they beat him. He probably had no teeth left. He probably had... He was probably just beaten to a pulp. I wouldn't help him carry his cross. But I dug that hole to stick it in when they nailed him to it. I held the nails while you swung the hammer. And together... Right there at that hole, we raise that cross. Jesus hanging on the cross. And we raised it up into that hole. <laughs> Bam! His body started shaking on that pole. Blood and sweat was on his face running down. The crown of thorns was just pierced into his head. We put the vinegar and the gall on his lips. And there in the darkness, from the sixth hour to night, to ninth, I'll be talking about this in a couple of weeks. He bore all of our sins. Mine, y'all's, you people watching, he bore our sins. And he cried out to his father. But then, he looked out over that hill of Calvary from that cross. And he looked out over Jerusalem. He looked out over Israel. 
in the Middle East. And he looked all across the world. And he looked all the way past time. And he looked till March the 21st, 2021. And he saw every sin taking place and that has taken place since then till now. He's seen us this morning standing here. He knows my sins. He knows your sins. He even knows the secret sins that you think nobody knows. Your desires in the darkest, deepest pits of your mind. He knows them. You can't hide them. You can just confess them. He knows because in that darkness, 2,000 years ago, when he said it is finished, he said, that meant his, your price was paid. Your debt was paid. Now I want to ask you a question, and you better be right with this answer. Are you saved? And I don't mean if you went to the altar and asked the preacher to forgive you. Are you truly saved? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior truly? Have you asked him to come into your life and have you changed? Because if you've repented of your sins, it means you've changed. And change means to be reborn. And reborn means to be made renewed. To be a new person. You're no longer that fleshly person. You're living in Jesus and the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. When people look at you, do they see a reflection of Jesus Christ? When you love, are you loving with the heart of Jesus? If you're not doing that, it's time to get right with Jesus. He's standing at the door knocking. Don't deny him. Don't spit on him. Don't mock him. Don't make fun of him. Don't nail him to the cross again. Accept him right now. Just repeat this prayer with me. Dear Lord in heaven, I am a sinner. I know that I have sinned and I know that I have fallen out of your, your grace, Lord. I know that I've fallen away from you, Lord. I know that I've turned away from you. I know I've never accepted you. However I need to put it, Lord, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior right now and follow him the rest of my days. I believe, Lord, that he was born of a virgin. And I believe through faith that he died on the cross of Calvary where he shed his blood for me. I believe by faith that he was arisen on the third day and that he sits at your right hand. And I believe in faith, Lord, that he's coming again to collect his children. And I believe that we will have eternal life in heaven. I believe, Lord, by faith that he is the one true living God. The Son of God. I believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Lord, come and let that Holy Spirit fill me. Let me feel the love of Jesus and your presence all around me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord, just come into this room. Come into the airway. Anyone that said that prayer, touch them, Lord. Anyone that needs prayer, Lord, let them 
contact the church, let them contact us. Anyone hurting in any way, Lord, that needs prayer for anything. No matter what, Lord, let them contact us. Lord, I want to pray right now for every ministry, every church service, every person that's in church, every person that doesn't even know where a church is at. I want to pray for every person that's given their life to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I want to pray for every person that hasn't. Lord, I want you to be able, I want them to be able to feel free to come to you, Lord. I want you to touch the sinners. I want you to touch the bro brokenhearted and the lost. I want you to touch the alcoholic, the, the, the drug addict, the pornographer. I want you to touch the abuser, the thief, the killer. I want you to touch those that, Lord, that have turned against you, that have did so many things that think they can't be saved. Lord, touch them. Soften their heart and lead them to you that they can use their story to glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for watching. If you want to help us, you can like and share this video so others can see it. Tell people about us. Put, check us out on uh, the other social media places on uh, YouTube and Instagram and all those places. Uh, Twitter. Like it. Subscribe to us. PleasantFamilyMinistry.org. Check us out. We love you guys. And just remember, listen. Too many people just come around Jesus on Christmas and Easter. Bring people around to stay. Bring people around to understand the passion of the Christ on the cross. How much he loves us. Love each other with the love of Christ. Love you guys. See you Thursday at 7 o'clock on TNTNT. Thursday Night Thunder in Tennessee. Love you guys.